It was a moment of panic for many people last night. Zachary Yak is joining us. He's a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. Zachary, you put the warnings out. You knew that we were ripe for tornadoes between 5 and 8 p.m., right? Yes, ma'am. I, I did actually issue the warnings last night. That was one of our other forecasters here. But uh, I was definitely part of the guys that were kind of getting everything ready to go ahead of time and helping push out the messaging once we saw the uh, this uh, event kind of starting to unfold a little bit as we got into uh, late yesterday afternoon and early yesterday evening. Usually, you know, we're familiar in this part of the world with, you know, the warm air mass hits the cool air mass. We have a tornado. Was this something completely different? Uh, no, not really. Uh the kind of a more unusual, I guess, part of, of this was the fact that we did have a line of storms that came through earlier in the day. And in, in most cases, when that happens, you know, that the environment's not really conducive for additional storms later in the day just because, you know, the, the initial storms kind of used up everything that the environment had to give. Uh, but yesterday, we just basically had uh, another kind of slug of warm moisture getting uh, basically pumped into the area right behind that initial line last night. And that's what those storms yesterday kind of fed off of yesterday afternoon and evening. And, and we had just, you know, all the ingredients were there for things to start rotating and that's what happened so one thing led to another it was very odd to see a rainbow behind a tornado or to see the color of the sky not change and many people were saying that it came through very quickly in 20 to 30 seconds they didn't even have time to get in the basement is that unusual no, not really. Uh, you know, in many cases, tornadoes are inherently usually pretty short-lived. I think most of them on average only last maybe a, a minute or two at most. Um, and the other thing about it is, too, a lot of times, especially when you get, like, into what we typically would see, you know, these, like, squall line-type setups, um, they tend to even set up even faster than that, and sometimes even last as a matter of seconds. So if you're not really not – that's what we always say, you know, when we issue these warnings, be ready to take action immediately because you, you may only have a few seconds uh, before these things touch down and uh, then lift again. So uh, just thankfully that everybody seemed to pay heed to the warnings last night, and uh, there were no issues, at least from what we've, what we've heard. So we know the teams are out looking today. Uh, what what are they looking for, and what do, what what do they find that indicates or verifies that there was indeed a tornado in one area or another? Yeah, so when we're out surveying. We're basically looking to try to find you know where did the tornado path begin, and then where did it end, and then kind of what damage did it cause along its path. Um, so basically, our teams have been looking for all day. They've been looking again for something that they may look for is okay. Where did like the sign of visible damage begin? So maybe where do we have houses that started to lose shingling or siding? Where do we have trees that got knocked down? Um, is there any ground scouring that we can see um, in a cornfield or other areas where we can tell that there was a circulation in contact with the ground? So we're looking for those type of things and how long they go for and what extent of damage they have along those paths, and that kind of helps us give us those uh, EF ratings that we uh, that you guys see us issue once we have gone through and thoroughly uh, verified all that data. So we've got three confirmed. Are there any more coming? Uh, it looks like we're probably going to have close to eight um, when everything's all said and done. We're still kind of finalizing the locations and, and uh, ratings of a few of them still, but uh, at least we kind of have it tentatively around eight right now. Um, and that, those all basically occurred within a two-hour window, which between 6.30 and 8.30 uh, yesterday evening. And Zachary, will do you anticipate them mostly being EF1s? Uh, it's hard to say because uh, a, a lot of those surveys are still ongoing, but it looks like a lot, at least from what we've seen so far, uh, most of them are probably going to be on, that, on the weaker side of things, kind of that EF0 to EF1 range or somewhere in there. And that means under 110 mile-per-hour winds? 
Right, yeah. We did have one that was at 110, so basically just at the top of that threshold. That was the one that kind of hit the kind of the Burr Ridge to uh, uh, Stick, uh, Stickney area, uh, kind of down there near the Midway Airport. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, everything else seems to be b- below that 110-mile-an-hour range. And why is a designation crucial? Does that impact insurance? Does it impact, you know, whether someone declares it a disaster zone in the seriousness of maybe an E4 or E5? Um, in reality, it just helps us understand kind of, you know, what we see now radar health is kind of determine, you know, from a research perspective, you know, just kind of what kind of buildings we can build in the future to help, you know, hopefully survive, you know, withstand these type of winds. It gives us an idea of, you know, uh, what kind of structure damage these things can happen because every one's a little different than the other one. Um, and also helps us to look at, you know, things on radar. So maybe we can, we, when we see this signature in the future, maybe we can say, be a little more confident, hey, this is a strong tornado or this is one's going to possibly cause damage if it hits something. So um, that's really why we go out and do these is to, you know, help, one, confirm what we saw on radar and help kind of build that repertoire of, of information and also, you know, figure out, you know, help engineers when they go later on to be able to look at this data and say, hey, if I can build a house that can withstand this, this may be able to save additional lives in the future. Yeah, it was interesting because it looked like the homes in Elgin that were damaged the most were newer homes, all the same model and all the exact type of damage. Yeah, and I said that's and that's a kind of a tribute to you know all the research that's been going on over the last several years uh, because of you know tornadoes that have hit the Midwest and other parts of the country. Um, and as you said, you know they they we have building codes, and if as long as your home is built to those codes or is built to exceed those codes, um, you know you've you've seen the fare better off than those who maybe are less fortunate. And thankfully, most of the areas that got hit yesterday seem to be fitting in the more uh, up to code or even exceeding those mm-hmm. codes. Zachary Yak is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. Zachary, the questions are coming in, and the the question is always the same. Is it possible for a tornado to touch down in the city of Chicago? Yes, it is. Uh, it's, it's it's always one of those things we like to say. Obviously, it's it's never necessarily a matter of if; it's more of a matter of when. Uh, we've been very lucky the last several years, obviously, to have storms form west of Chicago and do most of their uh, dirty work out to out in the suburbs. But uh, you know, tornadoes have gotten close to the city in the past, and I'm sure there one day, you know. Uh, the number may get called, and you know we may get one that gets into that. We had the one, you know, the uh, July 13th event last year. We had that storm went very close to the uh, downtown Chicago. We had the one last night that almost got into portions of the city limits of Chicago. So um, it's really only a matter of time. So as we always say, you know, make sure you're reviewing those severe weather plans. Make sure you know where to go if a warning's issued for your area, and always make sure you have multiple ways to receive those warnings. Thank you so much, Zachary. Have a great day. Thank you. You guys too. Zachary is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service. Steve has your news coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. W.